Hi, folks listening to Suicide Buddies. Dave and I just really want to put out there that we definitely want you to take care of yourselves. If you are having truly dark thoughts, we really do recommend that you call 1-800-273-TALK. They are actually truly good, and they do give really valuable information and conversations back and forth. So uh, thanks for listening to the pod. Yeah, I hate this podcast. <laughs> oh God, here we go again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I hate Welcome doing to this. Suicide Buddies. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies, everybody. Oh, I'm Dave no. Ross, and <laughs> this is oh, Hampton Young. <laughs> Say what's up, guys? What's up? Keep it lit. Keep it, uh, you know, keep it cool. I just wanted to say to you, Hampton, I really like your Say Anything shirt. He's wearing a Say Anything shirt. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, man. Thank you, Dave. I love that band and how mad they got at Nirvana. I couldn't fucking believe that. When wait, they- <laughs> wait. First off, I want to keep. I want to give you praise for keeping the tradition of Suicide Buddies of mentioning things that are way off camera. Oh yeah, way off mic. Dave just mentioning things that are in the room. Dave is mentioning my say anything T-shirt. Hampton doesn't like that I talk about stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck you, Dave, for having uh, yeah. things to say. So you have um, a problem with my T-shirt, Dave? You're wearing a Say Anything shirt. It jumped out at me, man. How's it? A lot of people like Say Anything. They mention Nirvana. Yeah, when uh, I don't know, I don't remember exactly when in Say Anything's career this happened. But Max at some Bemis, point, the headliner, he probably Ma- he was probably the yeah the, the headliner of, of Say Anything. <laughs> the Max headliner, Bemis. the, front, <laughs> the front feature. Man. <laughs> Yeah. The, the, the featured comedian, the mil- the middler. Say anything was just one of those bands in that genre that, for whatever reason, I I didn't get into. It oh wasn't my like God. I hated them or something. They're the best. Yeah, a lot of my friends love them. I have like fifteen T-shirts of them. But it did make me laugh when, like, just randomly at some point, he came out against the song "Rape Me." <laughs> it's just like, yeah, man. Of yes. <laughs> 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 I didn't know. That's yeah. so funny. Dude. Fucking Nirvana Damn, fucking 10 dude. years that's, ago. That's absolutely so appropriate it's for ri- this band. Ridiculous to do. Um, actually? Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect um, actually to any musical appropriation. Yeah, I mean, that was ever. like one of the, that was one of Kurt's problems with himself was that song. <laughs> Oh uh, man, because he, I love. I do will say, wow, like, what a fucked up move on Kurt Cobain's part. Because he, he wrote that song when he started, when he realized he should be when he started Foo Fighters. When he started Foo Fighters, yeah. <laughs> when he started me saying this sentence and was un- not allowed to finish it. <laughs> Legal Christ, legally. Uh, <laughs> um, he realized. Uh, at some point that he should he had a large audience and he was famous so he should be more outwardly feminist cuz uh-huh. he thought he could help uh-huh. so he wrote rape me as a statement about what it's like to live as a woman uh-huh. uh and uh 
And then after it came out, and all it was on the radio, and all these bros and assholes misinterpreted the song as it being cool. He was like, "Oh no!" And it's like, "Well, yeah, dude. I, I know you were being arty or whatever, but you say rape me in the song, man." <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did you not foresee that bros could possibly misinterpret this? I wrote I wrote a song called Nuke North Korea, you know, ironically. Yeah, and then dude. I didn't realize all oh, these bros <laughs> who had co-opted. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, Nuke North Korea. Why did people misinterpret my song Punch Your Wife? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Are you talking about my wife? I think you are, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a, that's a problem with all music. But you know who does? There's a problem with all no, music. I, I was gonna say, you know who doesn't have to fall into that trap? Weird Al Yankovic. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Did He's he- all about misinterpreting people's uh, points in songs and then making it fun. That's true. What yeah. was the uh, the song the the Nirvana parody <laughs> song that he wrote? <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit. It was smells. Was it just smells like Nirvana? I think it was called Smells Like Nirvana. It might have been. Uh, yeah. I remember there was a really distinct cow noise in the song. Like at one point it goes. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it was like full of like spring like sound effects that didn't make any sense. Some gelato or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's the fucking best. Oh man. Yeah. Weird Al was great. Or maybe the album was called Smells Like Nirvana. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Shit. God damn it. <laughs> um, damn it. I was going to say something else about fucking music, dude, which I listen to. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Hey, sorry. you're listening to Suicide Buddies on fucking Starburns Audio and shit. <laughs> um, this is Are the- you okay? <laughs> no. It's fucking... Rarely. Fucking Suicide Buddies on the fucking bullshit Bye. network that <laughs> assholes created. Yeah, not fucking Nerdist, though. Fucking yeah. assholes. <laughs> now, this is Suicide Buddies. We got a defector uh, in our midst. Hosted by me, Hampton Young. And me, Dave Ross. Yes. Two comedians who joke around about suicide a lot because, dude, we've been there. <laughs> Dude, um, where's my car? <laughs> we talk about a different suicide in history every episode. We'll get to that in just a moment. Oh, speaking of fucking nerdist, boo. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! You're pulling our producer Aristotle way yeah. into the shit with that. I was on our producer Aristotle's uh, nerdist podcast that he produces. Uh, we recorded last night. I was on the Todd Glass show. It was fucking awesome, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I've listened- I love that podcast. Me too. Too. I've listened Great. to it a lot, and yeah, uh, and I got to be on it, and holy fucking shit, it was so fun, man. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Todd Glass and his show, <laughs> The Todd Glass Show. Um, yeah, it's crazy how fun it is, man. It's like, you just gotta listen to it. Dude, no one like can, I don't know, Todd Glass is like, one time I, I watched a show of Todd Glass, and then I went to um, this uh, taco place in mm-hmm. L.A. called Cactus. Yeah. So I went like... Was this the night you got robbed? No. <laughs> this is way, this, that was also a cactus. <laughs> so a lot of weird things have happened at Cactus. But like, I don't even think Todd would think this is weird for me to mention this. So it's like I watched him open for Blake Wexler's uh, album taping. Oh, cool. And like... Todd was doing a bunch of new shit, erratic shit. Like, we all know Todd can, like, do bits. He yeah. has, like, 
he can plan a motherfucking set like nobody's business. Yeah. So like he was just fucking around for like, I don't know. It, it was weird. I watched him. He did like 15 to 20 minutes of just fucking around. <laughs> that's great. So it's like, as a comic, you're like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like totally. I would watch that. So then like after I watched Blake's um, album taping, I then go to Cactus and then behind me, the two bros behind me are like, yeah, so I was at UCB and this guy Todd Glass, who I usually normally like, he was just like fucking around and like, Jesus, man, it went <laughs> on and on and on. <laughs> they were like bitching right behind me. Wow, about the thing you loved? Yeah, the thing I just saw and loved. Wow. And it was so funny. Right. Yeah, they were kind of were like, well, I just like Blake. They knew Blake That's from some ridiculous. sort of weird, like, uh, I mean, I love Blake, blog. but to be like, I love Blake and I don't think Todd Glass is funny <laughs> is fucking crazy. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It was like, oh, you... And they mentioned it in conversation. The reason they even went to Blake's thing was because of, like, Blake was on some sort of, like, sports blog. Oh, wow. So they were like, I like the sports blog. So I went to Blake's recording. Wow. And then this dude before him mm-hmm. didn't even seem to know what comedy was. <laughs> dude, I will say before I did stand up. Like, the best. Before comedy. I did stand up, I had a really similar thing happen where like, you know how when Sarah Silverman does her show, her live show Sarah Silverman and Friends? Yeah. She yeah. a lot of the time doesn't close the show. Mm. She likes to have a comic she loves headline it. Yeah. So she'll go up and then like do 20 or 30 and then amp up the last yeah, I saw, yeah, she did yeah. that once with Todd Glass. Which is For, great. First time I ever saw him at the old Little Largo back Ooh, in the day. And yeah, he like, yeah. I was like, who is this guy? This guy is the funniest <laughs> man alive. He kept saying, I'm so high. I'm so high. I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. I, uh, I know. Todd Glass is one of those people that if you've seen live a couple times, like sometimes you feel like you're going to have a heart attack. It's inspiring. You, you feel like you are going to die watching him. Yeah. It's what... It's and the most this is in the moment comic. It's I funny could, to I have just done a thing with him last night and and say this. I hope he hears this. Truly, one of the most inspiring people to watch do stand up. And one of the other ones for me is Andy Kindler. Mm. And this is the other story I was. Boo! Gonna tell. I saw. Yeah, <laughs> Jew. I hate him. Boo! So I saw uh, Sarah Silverman and Friends later, like around when I started stand up, uh-huh. and I had never heard of Andy Kindler, and uh, it was at the new Largo. Uh, the big one, it was fucking sold out, and uh, Andy Kindler closed, Sarah Silverman and Friends. And I walked out of there, and I was talking to someone, and I was like, I was like, who the fuck was that old guy who closed <laughs> Sarah's, closed that show? He fuck, he was just fucking around. That guy sucked, man. And like, <laughs> cut to 10 years later, he's like my favorite comedian. <laughs> yeah, man, I could totally see that. I mean, yeah. Andy is that weird like paradox. He just goes for it. That's the thing. If you're not in the mood, you're... it would seem like, what are you doing? But I mean, like, if if you were at all like you know comedy savvy or just in the mood for that kind of like weird cynical form of comedy, like Andy Kindler is like, my God, he's amazing. Well, I think there's an extra thing too that we sort of forget, or like, you. Even if it's killing, there are there some people going to see a show. If they don't, if it doesn't seem professionally put together, they'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> um, whereas, like, yeah, yeah, a lot of people love to see how the sausage is made and love to see people fuck around and just be themselves. You know? Yeah, I always, and, I always ask that with like uh, people who are putting on on a show, like especially if I'm not feeling it, I'll be like, "You have to put me later." 
in the show because my act only works if people have seen some comedy. Oh, sure. Then they get what it is I'm maybe trying to do. Yeah. I'm not saying like I'm the most like, you know, Andy Kaufman, whatever motherfucker, but it's more like, I don't know. I'm a bad host for that same reason. You know what I mean? I can't really like start a show. Yeah. Because everyone's like, why is this guy so mad? <laughs> why is he so cynical about his own job? <laughs> wow, funny. <laughs> you know, like, you have to set up some sort of precedent before you get to Yeah, you got to get me in comic. there first. <laughs> so I can go up yeah. and be like, hey, you guys remember how everything's great? <laughs> well, here's some jokes about that. I always ask for Dave Ross to go in front of me yeah. to talk about eating ass. Eating ass and the band say <laughs> you know, anything. Y'all, y'all ever, y'all ever... Yeah, Just y'all, y'all ever, ever, and I make sure to have books laid out in front of me so I can pick them up and be like, hey, what's this? <laughs> wow. Book? This is some comic book that Hampton had. Wow. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, by the way, wow. That's a good way to get me. Yeah. Hey. Props. <laughs> uh, that's a good way, dude. Uh, we haven't said this in a bit, but thank you guys so much for all your, uh, for subscribing and for your reviews on iTunes. Please keep rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps. Uh, a lot. And, yeah. hey, sign up for our fucking Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Suicide Buddies. Or I'll beat you up. We have a new Patreon episode that comes out now. Right now, dude. Uh, yeah, it came out today, dude. I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. We should stop doing it. Uh, I'm almost back, by the way. I'm on tour. I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas tonight, June 28th. 2018. I got a few more dates in the Southwest, and then I'm home, dude. Wow. And I'll see you in a few days. It's all about you, Dave. Well, you never say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Dave and his projects. <laughs> I'm on Damn, tour, dude. dude. So as this comes out, what dates do you still have going on? Uh, Benville, Arkansas. It's funny. I put this together so last minute that as we were recording it, a couple yeah. of them are still in the air. Okay. But it looks like Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Arizona after Arkansas. Wait, there's a New Mexico? Not anymore. <laughs> Not after they went back to Mexico. Um, man, I don't know if you've been to I just got used to regular Mexico. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be a very difficult episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> aye, 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 aye. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. What about you, man? What about you? In in what sense? What's going on with you? <laughs> I don't know. I met with Jack Robichaud today. We were writing oh, some like script Jack. ideas and stuff. Nice. What yeah. are the ideas? Uh, okay, <laughs> so hear me out. Okay. X-Files 2. <laughs> wow. Triple yeah. X-Files. This time, this time <laughs> Vin, Vin Diesel... Diesel. <laughs> Vin Diesel is the like, smoking man. Yo, so I heard there's some like motherfucker smoking man <laughs> in this town. Definitely a very good episode. <laughs> oh shit, I had nothing for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a smoking man. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I want to try. I want to try. Okay. Okay. All right. So Vin Diesel is what? He's Scully this time? He's, sure. He's like the girl? Sure. Okay. So it'd be like. I'm bald. Oh, Muller. Mulder. Wow. <laughs> Muller. Scully and Muller. That's a show you yeah, should make. Robert Muller. Robert Muller. <laughs> Robert and Muller Vin and Scully, Scully Avenue. And Vin Scully. <laughs> yeah. It's all, all right, about. I fucked up already. It's all about I'll how the, the Russia investigation happens in Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah. All right. Maybe I will make it about that. Muller and Putin. 
okay, the new so X Files. Scully, Scully is Vin Diesel. Uh huh. <laughs> and here we go. Hey Mueller. No. I heard that the aliens want to no. kiss my dick. No, 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 no. Well, the thing I told them was nope. get in a car and fucking drive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that show is called X Fast, X Furious. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I don't really have much as if her, uh, Vin Diesel's version of uh, uh, Scully would just, you know, race people mm-hmm. for the oh. pink slips. Sure, race like, aliens. You're like, you know, you got an alien spacecraft, I'll race you for your pink slip. Yeah, maybe your flying saucer can go <laughs> fast, but my fucking Corvette can skid or whatever. I haven't seen these movies. Every episode is dedicated to Paul Ro- Walker. Yeah. <laughs> they replaced Paul Walker with Logan Paul. Man, like, <laughs> I hate to be a real dickhead, but it's like, the fact that Paul Walker died from literally what his franchise was about... Just like racing fucking Heroism? cars. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, dude. I yeah. got a way different read. Whoa, watch out, man. I uh, mean, no. Yeah, you're right. That series was about being a hero. It was about, yeah, it was about being a great guy. <laughs> Not about driving cars real, real, real fast. Yeah, dude. No, the original name for that first movie was Good Guys. <laughs> good Guys. Too good guys. But too, they realized that that show with uh, Colin Hanks and Bradley Whitford had already been made. Which I watched the fuck out of that show because I like Bradley wow. Whitford and wow, is it a bad show. What a specific reference. Dude, you've never seen that show that That's got canceled very immediately? specific show. Good Guys? The Good Guys. The Good Guys. Starring Colin Hanks and Bradley Whitford. <laughs> and I watched it because I like The West Wing. <laughs> I'm a fan of things that people don't like. <laughs> At least cool people. It would have been funny if that show, which no one remembers, The Good Guys, mm-hmm. uh, had been like based off of that Chucky doll. How like in the Chucky universe, you know the Chucky horror icon. Yes, Chucky. Chucky. Was uh, one of those movies Child's Play? Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. His doll was based based off of the Good Guy doll. What series? What? That's what his doll series was called. The Good Guys. What? So it would have been great if Wait, it was a what? whole doll of. Uh, it would. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great if it had been a whole series of just murderous child dolls. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I yeah. would also wish the past were different. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my comedy is based in. Hey, dude. Y'all what ever if... wish the past was a little different? Could you ever. Well, imagine. Okay, listen to me. Imagine if. <laughs> Your bedroom curtains, right? Your curtains in your bedroom, right? But they were made of beef. <laughs> uh, beef curtains. I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't do that on purpose. I did not, I swear. I, oh, no. Oh, no. You're such a idiot. You fell right for it. I fell for my own thing Guys, I said. Do you remember the show Full House? What about a show called Full Blouse? Right? <laughs> she got big old tits. <laughs> uh, yeah. you guys, and you guys she, by the way, that? is Uncle Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Joey's got a full yeah. blouse. Hell yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Cut then, it out. And then at the end of the series, you find out that he just had Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen in his shirt. Cut yeah. tits out. Blouse was, wow. <laughs> he didn't say cut it out. Wow. He said cut tits out. But tits gout. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
why is this show popular? <laughs> I don't know why people listen to us. I like that. Hey, everybody. Butt tits out. <laughs> uh, and imagine me doing the symbol oh of the scissors God. and the pointing and then the other pointing. I haven't watched any of the uh, the reboot. Um, I watched like four seconds. You mean of the, the rebooty? Yeah, yeah. I do mean that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very disappointing. I watched the beginning of the pilot when everybody was there, and uh, and I was like, "Wow, this is garbage. <laughs> Why did he even try? This is crazy <laughs> that I tried." I love that you even tried. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> everywhere you look, everywhere you click. What made you want to check me. it out, Dave? What made me? Yeah. What made me? What was deep inside of you that made you want to see the newer version of Full House? I think it was because someone was someone was like, you need to watch the opening sequence of this show oh, okay. because everyone is in it and it's so fucking terrible. And it is. Yeah, yeah. I do remember it's that. Just, wow. Can you believe who's in the fucking room right now? <laughs> Bob Saget and uh, <laughs> Uncle What's-His-Nuts. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> wow. She wow. came back. Uh <laughs> Casey Anthony, whoa! But I think Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are the only people that weren't in it. John Benet Ramsey's in that opening, whoa! <laughs> Swamp Thing's in that opening, whoa! <laughs> Everyone, I'm staring at Hampton with like devil eyes. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Yeah, Br- Bride of Chucky is in this opening, whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Other people. Babe the pig. I mean, I stand by. I stand by Chucky as a product. Oh, Jaws play. You know what? You should stand by what me. No, <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> uh, I've never seen any of the Chucky movies. Really? Yeah, they're very fun. Yeah, they're very fun. I like horror movies. I'm not into yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of get that. This is it a lot talks. like uh, Hostel. <laughs> <laughs> Did not like. Hostel. Yeah, uh, Chucky rents. <laughs> Fucking a warehouse, a warehouse where he can mutilate, you know, uh, uh, traveling teens. I think we should uh, get into the history thing, th- right? <laughs> I think we died. I think we, I think we died on our riffing. I think our riffing died. Is what I'm saying. Am I wrong? Do you have more riffing in you? Because well, I don't think I was I... going to. I was going to really hard sell you on uh, child's play. Oh no! I, I, uh, I, I'll do whatever you say. <laughs> Yeah, truly, I watched Rambo with you. Rambo was great. Rambo was great. We, by the way, it, was, play it like wasn't that? Rambo. It was called First Blood. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> All of my friends. The movie we watched, Rambo. Very specific. Yeah, Dave and I watched First Blood. Great movie. Rambo. Mostly about PTSD. Hell yeah, dude. It was Rambo getting PTSD. Yeah. And it's a great movie. It's great, yeah. I mean, it's literally about someone f- uh, flipping out because uh, the war exploded their brain. <laughs> and uh, you should watch it. All right. So what I'm pitching to you mm-hmm. is Child's Play is about a dude mm-hmm. that really, really wants to become a child. Is that true? No. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but I'm in. All right. Good, good. Great. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is Child's Play like the Rambo series and that like the first Child's Play is like uh, about a scorned doll who you actually sympathize for, who shows up to a small town and isn't allowed in the toy store. And then he goes on a killing spree. I'm just a toy. Uh, Let me move on. Trying to get a job. Can't even get a job at Ralph's. 
Because <laughs> I'm just a goddamn toy. By the way, if you're not in California, Ralph's is a grocery store. You know, it replace that with Piggly Wiggly or ShopRite <laughs> or whatever, wherever you are. <laughs> H-E-B, you know. No, child, the other ones. Child's Play is more about how like you should you should listen to your children. Oh, you know, because sometimes your child's like it's pretty stupid. My my dolls want to <laughs> kill me, and then you're like, shut up, whatever, go to bed. I'm tired from my <laughs> factory job. <laughs> yeah, I didn't come here yes. work from the. I yes. didn't come. I don't come home every day from the uh, toy factory putting toys on in your room <laughs> for you to get all mad at the toys. <laughs> <laughs> is that, God damn it! Is, is that what happens in the movie? Oh man, I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> That's the entire movie. I'm gonna hit you if you don't shut the fuck up about your toys. <laughs> Today, uh, this episode, we will be talking about uh, an Italian author named Emilio Salgari. Boo. Who, you're not going to believe this, committed suicide. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> we'll be back after these uh, things. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel movie starring Dave Ross. Oh shit, really? As Pants Man. Wow. That's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> he gets I his need jeans help. from distilled jeans. <laughs> oh no. Which give him the power. Oh, I thought this was going somewhere else. Fuck up all of Europe. <laughs> this definitely isn't real. I thought it was real. Oh man. Israel. Pant I thought it was yeah. <laughs> it's political comedy. It's I, I melded in. Oh God, Israel, man. Have you by the way, have you seen The Honorable Woman, the BBC show? No. That shit is dope. Oh, is it? It's all about Israel and Palestine. Okay. It stars Maggie Gyllenhaal. Dude, it's fucking sick. It's on Netflix. I was, it's tight. I was fucking Listen to me. Listen to me. Wait, it's awesome. I was joking today that like uh in uh, the new Wonder Woman movie, whatever it is, the enemy in the new Wonder Woman movie should just be Palestinian children holding rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And just Wonder Woman fucking up <laughs> children. <laughs> just yeah. like, this is for Israel! Boosh! <laughs> Kicking them into yeah. the fucking sun. Not only shit. do I think that's what the movie should be, I think that should happen. <laughs> I I'm awful. I tweeted that today and so many people were like, you're a bad person. I, I have family in Israel. I don't like this tweet. Yeah. And shit, I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, you're reading Twitter, so shut up. <laughs> That's kind of what I said. I was <laughs> Twitter like, Twitter doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I yeah. I just see parts of the news and yeah. then make jokes. I have a suicide podcast. <laughs> I do stand up about dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, this isn't the political podcast. This is a suicide podcast. Yeah. Nothing matters about that. <laughs> Good point. Uh, so this week we're talking about Emilio Salgari. And uh, first of all, I want to say this was suggested by a listener of the show named Xander. I'm not going to say your full name because I don't know if you want me to or not. But Xander, thank you so much for emailing this in. Um, the email, by the way, is buddiesbuddiesbuddies <laughs> at gmail.com. Thank you, you, Xander. You have the name of a Power Ranger or an X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Xander. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, email us and send us suggestions. We love getting them. Love it. Um, 
And uh, I'm not going to read your whole email because it gives away some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, but I'll read the first half. It says, hey, first of all, I want to thank you for doing the podcast. It's hilarious, but also really helpful. I'm currently dealing with depression, though I thankfully haven't had any suicidal thoughts in about two years. And being able to laugh about that kind of stuff makes me feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Xander. You're wonderful. Thanks a lot. Um, cool name. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I don't know anyone else named Xander at all. I've never met anyone else. I've never met anyone else named Hampton, <laughs> but it is one of those names where you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Wasn't isn't Hampton uh, white? One of the <laughs> one of the white. Is it one of the characters on U.S. Acres, the Garfield show about the pigs that hang out? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! Isn't it so close? And there's so like an to... egg. No, no. And a, ch- uh, and a chicken. There was a character on Tiny Toons named Hampton. Yeah, named Hampton without the P. It was Hampton. Hampton. Which it was is like a fat pig. Me. Yeah. It's basically me. Yeah, you fat pig. Yeah, I had to deal with that entering into grade one. Great. <laughs> was a show on TV wow. called Hampton. It was a pig. Not just a show on TV, the show everyone loved. <laughs> yeah, that was a difficult first three years of school. <laughs> I used to like run into my house to catch Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. I fucking loved it so much. That hour of TV, ugh, yeah, it was so great. good. And it was good. That's the other thing. It's like I couldn't shit on it i was like yeah it's pretty good yeah it's good but i'm not a pig guys i'm not a pig (laughs) (laughs) while they're punching you freaking out to other kids i'm not a pig uh, all, all right, right, go on. Emilio Salgari. He, uh, I'm interested. I mean, barely. I, well, let me say it. Barely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, he was born in 1862, so pretty recent. And uh, <laughs> he's an Italian author, and actually a really lauded Italian author. Um, he born 1862, died in 1911. And uh, oh no, 911. Shit. Yeah, man. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I guess normally, oh, oh, normally shit. I don't get mad at being interrupted, but I, today I just am. Uh, all right, I'll try and pull back. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. But all right. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I guess I'll just tell you his suicide first, and then we can go through his life. Um, though I don't know. It's so. It's interesting. I kind of want it to be a surprise, but I'll. Yeah, I don't know. Here's how he committed suicide. April 25th, 1911, he uh, said goodbye to his kids. He walked to the park. And keep in mind, this is an Italian author who was famous. Okay. Uh, okay. He walked to the park, and he committed seppuku, but he couldn't find a sword. He didn't have a sword because he couldn't afford oh, it. he did the belly slash shit? He slit his own throat and his own stomach with a penknife. Oh, my shit. Yeah. It's like a purposely dramatic move. To wow. say fuck you, people Arrivederci. Think. Yeah, totally. He committed a Arrivederci. Italian is gone. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, man. I've actually been looking a little bit into seppuku, and like it is, it's always been incredibly painful. Yeah. It's not like a, oh, this is a way you could do it quick. This well, is like one of the most painful ways you could kill yourself. You're punishing yourself your belly. for being dishonorable. Yeah. That's like the wow. whole thing. You're like, you are taking the honor away from your family by yeah. and, I mean, that's giving yourself pain. Japan, I mean, so he's adopting kind of this suicide method? 
Yeah, well, he was really fascinated with other cultures. Uh, all, he was uh, he was an adventure novelist. He was a little bit of a sci-fi novelist too, but he basically created the adventure fiction genre, the oh sort of God. pop adventure fiction. He's literally called the the father of adventure. Let me make sure I get this right. Um, yeah, the father of Italian adventure fiction. Wow. And then also called the grandfather of the Spaghetti Western because oh when the Spaghetti Westerns started being made, one of the first Spaghetti Westerns was a series of six movies based on his most famous book. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. I mean, y- y- I mean, to this wow. day, he is one of uh, the top 40 most translated Italian authors. He was knighted oh, really? by the Queen of Italy. Holy shit. Yeah, a huge deal. Um, wow. Here's a funny thing about him, though. So, okay, um, real quick, he he was born very poor, and um, what a loser! Yeah, what a dick, right? <laughs> and then he tried. He was again. He was obsessed with traveling the world, and he was obsessed with adventures in general. And he tried to um, get into. I don't really know the term for it. Like, I mean, he wanted to be a captain of ships, but he was trying really to get into nautical engineering, okay. uh, the knowledge okay. of boats and how to work them, and yeah. and how to, and then by nature of that, how to be in charge of them. I think I know yeah. how boats work. Uh, yeah, and he uh, he literally he went to a naval academy and literally was not smart enough to do it. He just <laughs> couldn't do it, and so he quit because he couldn't pass the oh, classes. No. And uh, maybe I could be Captain Crunch. It could be like part captain, part serial. You? Are you saying you? <laughs> Me? Yeah. I'm more Hampton? like thinking in his Because here's the thing, Hampton, you can definitely be Captain Crunch. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I do have You're to... the Captain Crunch of my heart. Every time I see a, 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 a box of Captain Crunch, I'm always like, stolen valor. I'm going <laughs> to... You stole it. He's not wow. a real captain. I want his credentials. Stolen valor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Show me. Uh wow. <laughs> um all right, so yeah, after give that his, give me as much uh, backstory as you can. Yeah, he'd also been you know, he'd also been interested in writing. So in eighteen eighty two, at age twenty, he was hired as a reporter at this paper okay. called La Nuova Arena. And uh, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I think uh, uh, the new arena. The new arena, yeah. yeah some I don't some know. sort of equivalent of that, yeah. The new area. Area, yeah, like that. the new dick and balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a pornography magazine. Area, the new know? area. <laughs> we fi- we found the taint. We've just discovered the taint. So as, was, if as if you're like Columbus discovering. He okay. Wow, I don't. I wasn't really listening. When I, you said I that. was like, I think Dave would like this. Yes, absolutely. That's why I kept going with the joke. Columbus discovered yeah, the taint. It's like you find a new part of the body. He's like, oh my god, it's an Italian. He's like, we've discovered the newest part of the human body between the asshole 14, and the balls. In 1492, Columbus <laughs> sailed from the balls to the butt. <laughs> Uh, he thought that he was going to land in India, but he found the taint, dude. Columbus um, sailed the ocean blue balls. And then, even though he was the one who discovered it, it was actually named after explorer Taint Vespucci. <laughs> sick, 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 yeah, sick, dude. Oh, wow. Tight, fucking tight, 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 tight. Um, yeah, he was hired at, uh, at that paper as a reporter, and so he was doing all kinds of reporting for them, uh, writing regular articles and stuff. But he 
started writing this he wrote a serialized story for them so really he wrote one part of a yeah. story yeah yeah um and they liked it and so he kept doing it it was a serialized story called the tiger of malaysia he started doing that in 1883 okay. um, oh wait i'm fucking it up he started doing it they got popular right away uh and then he was hired to write those serials full time. Oh, I see. And uh, okay, no, I had it right. He started doing it in 1883, and then later he was hired full time to just write serial stories. Okay, because they were really popular with the paper's audience. Oh, interesting. Uh, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, from then until I don't entirely know when he wrote these serial stories. Um, a lot of them were the Tiger of Malaysia because that one was really popular. But he did other ones too. And all his early serials, he literally signed as quote Captain Salgari. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's really pushing the whole nautical. Exactly. Thing yeah. That I'm going to be recognized as a captain eventually. Well, here's what's funny: is that like, like I said, he failed out of the Naval Academy. That he is so couldn't make it work. Funny, but. He would. He told everyone that he was a legitimate captain. He was a full blown, like the biggest storyteller liar <laughs> of all time. Yeah, he, I've worked at the Salvation Army, so I'm I'm a general, <laughs> right? I, I've yeah. been in the army, the Salvation Army. I'm a general. He was just oh, one yeah. of those people. You might even have a. Fr- I have a friend like this who just tells like grandiose tales of his sure. life. He would go to parties and hang out with people. Anytime anything that related to this came up. He would tell them stories about him sailing the seas and a being the captain of a ship. Yeah, pathological. Yeah, pathological liar, liar but more like just he wanted to create a sort of lore about him as <laughs> wow. he was an adventurer, and that's where his adventure stories came from. Oh, so he yeah. <laughs> he told people that he traveled to the American West and met Buffalo Bill there, oh, and then wow. he like. He uh, safari through the Sudan, and then uh, he fell in love with Indian princesses. So like, this is all made up shit? All made up. Is this like all unverifiable shit he just made up? Well, there's no way it's true, because he went to the Naval Academy and failed out at like 18, and then started working at this paper at 20. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> And he just was a writer. That's and the fucking dopest shit. He was a poor-ass writer writing about this shit. Yeah, I used to be roommates with Brad Pitt. It's not a big deal. Anyway, let's talk about other shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, like, like he literally, he was so poor that he had always had to write and never left Italy. <laughs> like, he just didn't leave. So, yeah, it's just impossible. Um, yeah, so he would sign him as Captain Salgari, yeah, to sort of, like, expand this image of himself as wow. a hero. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But here's the thing. The... Um, the serials got so popular, so insanely popular, that other papers started trying to steal him away. And finally one did. One that was literally just called The Arena made him the editor. And when that happened, that was like unheard of to be pulled up from writer to editor. So the wow. all the other writers in that field got jealous of him and started talking shit about him. And one of them wrote an article mm-hmm. in which they cited the fact that he never graduated from the Na- Naval Whoa. Academy. And they called him a cabin boy. <laughs> <laughs> as like a fuck you. This and is so, like rap beef, dude. They're yeah. like calling him out. They're just totally. like, motherfucker's never even been to Chicago. But what's funny about it too <laughs> is that like, even though he was completely full of shit about all this stuff, wow. he was so into being real in this way that he was like, he was like, I guess he had somehow along the line become an incredible sword fighter. So he just... <laughs> He just called the dude out and was like, I'll fucking duel you anytime. I'll duel Whoa, you. And really? so he so they dueled 
and Emilio just like fucked the guy up with his sword. Didn't Holy kill him. Holy shit. But just sent him to the hospital. I'm not trying to... <laughs> I mean that's a that's amazing, but yeah. immediately I can't help but flash forward to his suicide, right? With a pen knife, it's like you're the swordsman, right? Why'd you kill yourself with a pen? He well, he was obsessed with Japanese sword? culture, just like he was obsessed with every other culture. But he had no swords. But he was poor, so he didn't have a sword. <laughs> okay, okay, let, okay. Let's go yeah. back. Let's go back. That's fucking insane, dude. So he would just challenge people to fights, yeah, in the most grandiose fashion, right? Seems to be a guy who, as we've said before in previous podcasts, somebody who's living very dramatically, yeah. So he's like, he's "I'll challenge called... you to a sword fight. Uh, how dare you challenge my, you know, legacy?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's very odd. It's very odd. He was. I mean, it makes him sound a lot like Ernest Hemingway. Like truly, maybe. Uh, yeah, he maybe. was called uh, the Italian Jules Verne by some people. Too, really, which makes a lot of sense. That's amazing. Um. That's so great. yeah, he, he Jew like, Jews Verne. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just gonna move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't dignify uh, that. So, uh, so yeah, he destroys this guy in a sword fight immediately. Guy goes to the hospital, and uh, dueling is illegal, so he has to go to jail for six days. And then when yeah, he, that's about the proper amount then, of time, six days. And and then when he gets out of jail. Uh, uh, the the fact that he did that makes him like the most popular writer in Italy. Everyone's like, "This guy is dope, fucking <laughs> hell yes, <laughs> yeah, hell yes, yeah." Oh man, this guy's got spaghetti dick. We love him. <laughs> so, this wow, is, I love that that blows him up. Yeah, totally. Um, so this is all like in his twenties, and he's just a short story writer. Uh, writing these serialized stories that if you collected them, they are book together. They are books, but they're being released one story at a time by yeah. this paper. I'm sure. It's, um, also, I will say like the demographics of like how like Italian literature probably worked at the time. Yeah, I mean like it's not a huge industry, right? Like it probably makes sense that you'd be you know releasing work one at a time, living even if you're famous, still kind of living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it's yes. Well, and yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah, even um, if you're famous. So, age 34, which we're now in the 1890s, he moves to Torino and he starts writing books. And he wrote 84 books total in his life. <laughs> and that's just the ones that are known of because wow. he later wrote under a bunch of pseudonyms. Um, uh, I hadn't heard of any of these, but maybe you will have. His three most popular books were The Mystery of the Black Jungle, The Black Corsair, and The Tigers of Mompressem. Uh, hop and, on uh, Pop. Uh, Tigers of Mompressem was the pieces. one that was made into this six-part spaghetti western. Really? But it was really like, not a western, it was about uh, like sultans and shit. I don't, yeah. Okay, but yeah, But it yeah. was still in that sort of again it's his it's sort of the his desert. brain seems to be very obsessed with uh travel right and like foreign cultures foreign heroes yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah like it's easier for him to relate to that than to himself i don't know i don't know i don't, I don't know. know um i don't i don't know it's a little odd with maybe his writing style at least up until now it seems like it's very like um fake Right, very separate from him. Totally. Well, he was just yeah. interested in telling stories both about himself and about others. 
literally his memoirs are lies. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just all really? stories of him like traveling to the fucking North Pole and shit. Uh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So his memoirs <laughs> came out and it's all... Not all, but yeah, a there's lot? these stories. That's fucking hysterical. Yeah, there's Can you a quote. still do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally his memoirs say that he went to the Naval Academy in Venice at 14 and got his captain's papers at 17, and that's not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I would love it if my book, After I'm Dead, tells <laughs> just says how many people suck my, suck my dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> five like, million. Five million people suck my dick. It's, I also <laughs> really love that because when you think about it, who gives a shit if your <laughs> exactly. memoirs are fake? Who That's cares? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it, man. It's such a funny thing. Yeah, like, good for you, man. Kind of, yeah, at this point. <laughs> and like I said, like this dude is a big deal. He's knighted by the Queen of Italy. To this day, still one of the most translated Italian authors. Well, I will um, say, I think Mark Twain around the same period was also like, you know, lying about or at least kind of like not really giving the full truth about just shit he's done. Sure, like it was yeah. very popular for an author to promote this kind of like larger than life persona. Right. Because an author was at this point still a big deal. Not like they are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where they are well, there's also relegated to no the way to fact daytime. check. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you go out, you have like a wild ass story or two. Yeah. You know, it's like you go on these traveling tours. Of sure. you just promoting who you are, buy my book, I'm this incredible individual, please buy it. You know, it's, it's the same as almost being like a reality star today, you know, right. in a lot of ways. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people want people want to hear about exciting people and exciting things. Mm -hmm. And if you're exciting, they'll read your exciting. Isn't that so fucking funny that like you live in such a boring town that you're like, I hope the exciting guy comes to town. Totally. Tells yeah. me about the exciting things he's done. <laughs> right. Like, that, that'll be good. It's funny. Yeah. And we live in LA where like so many people are making stuff. So it's impossible to get someone to come to a comedy show. Cause mm -hmm. everyone's like, mm -hmm. I see exciting shit every day. I'm not excited about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think about that all the time time especially when you go do a road date in a small town like say with dave and his tour that's coming up bentonville arkansas <laughs> yeah which whichever small town you want to mention you know sometimes they're like uh you know wow someone came totally like they're sometimes just so appreciative someone even just came to their town right. so i can't even imagine what it's like in a in an era where it's like... You have no connection to the rest of the world. We've heard whispers of you being an author. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's all his backstory of his work. And so now uh, like, uh, I want to get into his personal life and sort of like okay. what brought him to suicide. Okay, yeah. Um, he fell madly in love with a woman named Ida Peruzzi, and they got married in 1892. And from all accounts from him that you can find... It was just, they just had a great life. They just loved each other so much. It was just great. Wow. They're really, I mean, they're, you know, whatever. Who knows if they had, how much of problems they year? had. 1892, they got married. So 1892. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was like 30 when they wow, got married. Wow, um, They had four children. Uh, so he finally kind of met the one. Yeah. And they were just happy, except... They struggled. She had a penis. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this summer, <laughs> Adam Sandler <laughs> oh my is going god. to summer camp, <laughs> but this time he's a girl. What if at the end of this, I was like, I was like, and it turns out that his wife was a lie. He never, he never had sex one time. 
He didn't have four kids. He had zero kids. I couldn't think of what the what the turn would be. Okay, so please. Uh, they never had any money. That was the one problem they had. Like they specifically yeah. were happy. They and their kids were happy. Uh, but like, there's no money in this business. There's no money. There's no money. There's especially, especially no money. And they, you know, they were already not doing very well financially. And then they had a kid, and it was harder. Second kid, even harder. And then they end up having four kids, and it's just like so hard to raise. Then all they these put children. all their money into Bitcoin. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> And the other weird thing was like they they had terrible social status. They weren't really? even though he was a a famous, literally a famous author, sure, with all these crazy stories about him, the elite in the country, and he was knighted by the Queen of Italy. He was like not respected by the elite, by the other authors and poets and performers and the rich people in Italy because he, all of his shit was critically panned. Critics hated him. Also, when you knight somebody in Italy, it's with a spaghetti noodle. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking insane, dude. So, like, he just always had a reputation as, like, not that good, I guess you'd say. Yeah, it was like He's he critically sucks. loved. No. Or, uh, sorry, sorry, not critically loved. Sorry. By the fans. Yeah, yeah, like, sorry. I, like, I he totally sold a lot I of totally shit. Re- uh, phrased the, that wrong. He was like Led Zeppelin. Critics hated him. <laughs> Always bring it back to Led Zeppelin. You know that Zeppelin was critically panned, right? And I understand. Because I don't like Wow. Yeah, no, I do get it. (laughs) That's oddly the best reference. (laughs) Goblins or whatever. Shut up. It's good, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone thinks that but me. I know. Wow. So even, but also that kind of happens now with like the Queen of England knighting people. She's like knighted like Elton John. Yeah. Not like. I mean, Elton John's amazing, but it's also like, wh- wh- why? Why are you doing this? Well, it's like, like a, a guy who writes pop songs. Like, who gives a I fuck? I think it's really <laughs> anyone who makes their country look good, right? Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in the John back of my Lennon mind, was like, knighted, right? <laughs> John Lennon? Yeah. I don't know. I think probably. he was. Paul McCartney definitely was. I just feel like you should be doing a lot of charitable shit for your country. And that's why you get knighted. It shouldn't be like, wow, you made like five good songs, dude. Well, this is why you're not English. <laughs> it's the only reason. What are you talking about, bruv? Ampton. Hey, bruv. <laughs> hey, bruv. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they were having a lot of money problems. They weren't accepted by the, the people Damn. of high status in the country. Um, so it was already hard. And then in 1903, like 10 years after they got married, Ida started um, having... Like episodes of dementia, Ida have dementia, right? Like you have, like <laughs> like you just did right now. Okay, right. yeah, and mm. it's it's interesting. I actually mm. couldn't find what her uh, disease was. Some people think it was. Uh, this is a while ago, and in Italy, so not maybe the most up-to-date medical references. Right. Yeah. She got sick. She just got really sick. Really? And but uh, a mental a mental disease? It was yeah, I mean there were at least mental side effects. So she wow. had dementia and it kept getting worse and worse. Wow. And she w- ended up like being in the hospital more and more and mm-hmm. having these treatments and things. And so they over the course of the next 7 years just got more and more and more medical bills. Seven years? Yeah, wow. totally. Yeah, it was extreme, man. Oh uh, 
but they were still together and he still got to see her all the time. And so it was so important to him to keep her alive. He just basically worked himself to death in order to play, pay her medical bills. Oh man. He was literally like, he created his own adventure newspaper that he was editing and putting out himself to make money. Wow. He was, uh, he was translating novels and he was, uh, that's what I said before. He started writing under aliases just to put more stories and books out and make more money. That's incredible. Yeah, totally. And I guess maybe <clears throat> he was trying to create new, this is just a guess. Maybe he was trying to create new like identities of people that maybe he could charge more for their stories because yeah. they were someone I more mean, impressive. I don't know. Honestly, like that is very like, I don't know. It just really speaks to me. Like in the same sense of like with comics, like having to make their own like, way yeah a lot of times like you know like hopefully you become a big superstar but that's probably not gonna happen yeah and then past that just as a creative like you have to figure out your own way to exist yeah and it's just so funny to go back to somebody like pre-kickstarter pre like any of the gofundme any of those things patreon it's just somebody who's like i'll create a new alias i'll create a new magazine whatever this is my one skill set. Right, this exactly. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, you end up throwing all sense of artistic integrity out the window just to make money. Yeah, it's and not like if you're like, lucky, yeah. you can do what you love still, but yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you just need money, so you it's do fucking anything. It's not like he anything. was like, I'll go work construction. Yeah. You know? This it is the only just thing like, I know how to do. This is the only thing I really know how to do. Yeah. And know how to make some money at. Right. Wow. There's a story about apparently... He he was so broke at one point that he was writing short stories with a uh, an ink pen that was tied together with string, like broken pen that oh was kept God. together with string. <laughs> yeah. Oh my like God. A, a writer who can't afford a pen. <laughs> Did you hear Hampton? <laughs> Did you hear about what happened to Hampton? Well, he's trying to do stand up, but he can't afford a microphone. <laughs> So he started speaking through his underwear <laughs> as just if it was a man. started right? just balling up his panties and screaming into he them. He started shouting into one of his shoes. <laughs> Hampton Yun, everybody. Yeah. Get um, her done. So his wow, wife kept getting that, worse. That's insane, man. So his wife kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then by 1910, she's so bad and the medical bills cost so much and he's still trying to raise his four kids that he's like basically at the end of his rope. And he's like, it's affecting him so deeply that he he feels his imagination going and he's yeah. starting to have trouble coming up with stories, which yeah. is his lifeblood. Yeah. And so he's worried that because of all the stress and all the work, he's lost his ability to write and he tries to kill himself in 1910. Is that the first time? That's the first time he Holy tried to kill shit. himself. And that's very real. I mean, it's yeah. like... He you just know, like the stress of work finally got to him. Right. Man, that really is uh something very disappointing with yourself where it's like I can't create much more than yeah. that. I don't know. I mean, like for creatives that's a big problem, but yeah, anyway, just going further. I mean, that. it's scary, right? It's scary in every way because for one, it's the one thing that you really really love, and for two, it's the at, at this point you're in your 40s, you don't know how to do anything else. It's the only way you make money. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same concerns I've been having, Dave. Dude, sure, man. You know what he should have done? He should have started a suicide podcast and started at Patreon. Patreon.com slash suicide buddies, everybody. <laughs> man, what an idiot. Yeah, dumbass. He should have started Patreon.com slash suicide buddies and... Kickstarter, man. Got Come on. For... 
Go fund me. More like go money. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he tried to kill himself and he was. Kickstarter, uh, more like kick farter. Thank you. More like dick Great. farter. Wait, more like dick farter. There it is. Got it. Thank you. Got it in under the wire. <laughs> so, he tries to kill himself and he's, uh, he's found, though, and nursed back to life. And then literally, he just basically immediately gets back to work. Um, But then a year later in 1911, his wife was put into an insane asylum. And so now she's in an insane asylum. And so he can't see her. She's just locked up in there. Yeah, yeah. Basically a death sentence back then. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. You're like getting electroshock therapy and being given these crazy drugs and you can't. You have no agency at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's not the same. (laughs) Right. So... He is like absolutely crushed by the fact that he's living without his wife and like told his friends, I can't Four live without kids her. Also. Yeah. Wow. I can't live without my wife. Yeah. So Poor guy. he uh, writes three suicide notes, one to his family. All right, guy, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe skill it, man. <laughs> I know you write stories, but you only need one, man. <laughs> You're not getting paid for these. (laughs) You don't have to write a bunch. Yeah, he wrote all three under different pseudonyms. One was uh, Captain Awesome. The other one was Mr. Boatman. (laughs) One was Mark Twain, and one was Captain Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Morgan. Uh, Yeah. The suicide note he wrote to his family said, uh, Dilly Dilly. Uh, (laughs) I do think that's funny that like three, you know, it's almost like that is really the author. Right. Totally. It's like, well... A little more writing. I think I've got a better version. Here we go. He wrote one suicide note to his family, uh-huh. one to his co-workers in Torino. Oh. Uh, those people never very, shared very those suicide notes with anybody. Yeah. But the third suicide note he wrote to his publisher. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, <laughs> Vengeful. <laughs> so like, here's... So a little mad. <laughs> he writes these notes. He gives them to people. Uh-huh. He says goodbye to his kids. Lovingly. Wow. Arrivederci. Walks to the park <laughs> and then on April 25th, 1911, commits seppuku by gutting himself and slitting his own throat with a oh pen knife. And what's so crazy about that, too, is like in, in seppuku, normally you gut yourself and then someone else slits your throat or cuts yeah, your head yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. He did both, dude. It's just like, I mean, how? Well, you're determined, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. I also wonder if it's one of those things of someone not really fully realizing like what a suicide's gonna do to you. You've just read about it. Right. So if you're like, Yeah, I'll do that. Also I following mean, that's, like that's one of the most painful fucking ways you well, can kill he, yourself. Also, if you think about the duel and all the stories he told people, it's right in line with the fucking mystery not mystery, but mm, the mm. the Myth mythology he built for himself. Yeah, yeah. He like right? got in duels and then he took his own life with a knife that he like slit oh across his God. gut and his throat. Like that's an extreme person, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Extreme. Yeah. Yeah, dude, what's up? Mountain Dew. You like just got seppuku. As he's slitting his stomach, Mountain Dew pours out. Yeah. <laughs> Get some. Holy shit. So he does that. And then the suicide note to his publisher is released at some point, and this is what it said. Oh, God, really? To you that have grown rich from the sweat of my brow while keeping myself Whoa. and my family in misery, <laughs> I ask only that those profits you've... 
I ask only that from those profits you find the funds to pay for my funeral. Oh, fuck you. What? I, <laughs> I salute you while I break my pen. Woo! <laughs> yeah. God damn, man. Pay for my funeral, you bitches! God! (laughs) (laughs) What do you want from them? They're a struggling business also. I don't think they were, man. I think they were fucking him over, just like in your comic book episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I think think they they were were... just not paying him well enough? I mean, I think these were rich people. Yes, absolutely. The publishers and the the papers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I would even say, was say uh, when we did... Uh, I mean, he was famous. A ton of people bought these books. We did Jack Cole yeah. episode, the creator of Plastic Man. And the thing that I marked with maybe that business of comic books was that, like, you know, he wasn't getting paid, but, like, even though comics were doing well, no one was really rich. Like, you'd never really point to anyone and be like, wow, that guy became a multimillionaire. Yeah, I don't think they were millionaires, shit. but they were doing well. Wow, wow. Yeah. And so he just, I mean, he was like, I hate to say it, off. he, he, he kind of like blamed him. Yeah. He was like, you guys aren't fucking paying me enough. Yeah, he did. Damn. I mean, it's interesting too. I mean, his life uh, took him down a difficult route. Mm-hmm. So there is that. He had to take care of somebody. But here's, an, here's another weird over. fact about uh, his life his father committed suicide, oh, and really? one of his sons committed suicide. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to get out of that orbit, right? If you have that around you. Sure. I mean, I've been uh, reading a bunch of stuff recently because there's so much suicide stuff that's been happening recently. Right. Just kind of trying to. I'm. I've been trying to read up on like, you know. I know how it affects me personally, but I wonder how it affects people, you know, who have had a very close family member die. Right. And stuff. And it's like, it's a pain that you really, like, it's, you can't move past. How do you deal with it? Right. Yeah. You just have to live with it in a, in an odd way. Man, dude. Yeah. Actually, I tweeted a thing the day that Anthony Bourdain died. I tweeted, I saw some fucking, like, Someone, someone with a blue check mark on oh, was Twitter. It that guy, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, but he wrote something about how um, there's a su- uh, suicide is cowardly, yeah. and um, yeah, it was insane. What was guy. the specific thing? He said, he said uh, there's a special place in hell. Right. People commit suicide. So immediately I wrote back, like, if I see you in fucking heaven, I'm killing myself. <laughs> like, like, dude, like people who have such a... F- and you know what's funny is that guy who wrote that shit about Anthony Bourdain, if you actually track it back, he just had a weird spat with Anthony Bourdain like a couple years ago where uh. Anthony Bourdain called him a piece of shit. So it's literally somebody who's that vindictive who five years later is like, uh, um... Cool, this dude's dead. I guess I won. It's like somebody who just has no fucking, I don't know, morals. Oh, no, <laughs> it wasn't say. cowardly. It was selfish. It was selfish. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw that too. So the reason I bring this up is yeah, I, wrote this, one. I yeah. wrote this tweet that I, like, it was, I said it in a joking way, but it was like, hey, I just found out an interesting fact. If you call suicide <laughs> a selfish act, you can fuck yourself. <laughs> and I started getting Get some... <laughs> Like, uh, the occasional reaction to it would be people being like, it is fucking selfish. And I, like, held back from writing back and being like, fuck, you don't call it that. But here's the the one thing I will say. I do think it is completely anti-productive 
to call suicide selfish. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And it is reductive of everything that person went through. Absolutely. But, but yeah. I was like, as I was looking at how some of these people were talking about in the replies to it, some of the people that were saying it's selfish were saying, this is personal to me. And right, it, it right. occurred to me that if you have someone you love deeply who either takes care of you or you cared for or yeah, is just very yeah. important to you, if they kill themselves, that's going to feel so selfish to you. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. I guess I just want to add a caveat to that statement, which is like if this is something that happened to you in your life and a way that you're dealing with it is by process, by being angry and saying, this is f- how could they be so selfish? It's not that I still yeah. don't think that's a productive part of the conversation, but I support you in dealing with it in however you need to. Because oh, like, yeah, like I get it. You know, what I, that's what I'm saying. I get yeah, it. Yeah, like uh, I hear what you're saying, and I think like, you know, especially like maybe why we haven't done the episodes that are about like people like Anthony Bourdain or Chris Cornell or Chester right. Bennington, recent like people, people who are very recent. It's like. I've always been like, you know, suicide kind of creates a, it's like a bomb going off and there's a blast radius and it's like very immediate. Yeah. And the people who are very near that orbit are, are still dealing with it. They're still processing it. Yeah. It is a very real thing that is, is still just happening to them all day, every day. Yeah. And you need to like, uh, you know, get it out of your, your body and and I kind of understand the feeling where you then have to think a lot of different things say about like where you're like well that that person maybe was uh, selfish or whatever you know the the and the and the truth is is that it's like you know it's it's that person it's that person's thing they were dealing with right that you know they weren't weak they were they were strong as long as they could right they put up with you know everything they could and the and the funny thing is like a lot of times when you're sad not i don't want to say sad sorry actually depressed like a big thing is you're like well i feel so guilty how this is going to affect everybody around me yeah or i feel so guilty especially (laughs) what further drives me depressed is i'm like you know i'm letting everyone down it's all this responsibility you feel I, well, I I'm say, not I'm not doing a good job and I'm letting down all these people by not being a functional human being. Sure, man. I mean when I'm when I'm depressed when I'm going through a like a bout of depression. <laughs> a bout, bout a gout. Spout, <laughs> a gout. Bout of depression. Yeah, a gout of depression. <laughs> and when I'm going through a gout, when I'm like going through a depressed period, I'm acutely aware during that time that it's something that I like have to manage and handle, but it's just gonna happen. And the sad reality is like when I'm when I'm in that place, it's obviously hard to feel happy. It's hard to get excited to go out. It's hard to be fun around the people I love. And one thing that makes it harder for me to pull out of a depression is that knowledge. I'm like, fuck, I'm like I'm being selfish. I'm not I'm not being sweet and fun and loving to the people around me who deserve yeah. it. Yeah. And uh and I've never, that's never taken me to uh, committing suicide. Right. But I like understand how a human mind can go there because you're already like, you feel like shit about yourself. And then, because it's just, it's that's a, kind of my point is with, with calling it like, you know, like selfish or whatever. It's like, that's the entire mental drama they're already dealing with. 
is feeling super selfish and not being able to do anything about it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's. I, I realize I'm hurting people around me. I wish I could make this easier. Yeah, because no I, one yeah. want like, you... It's not even really true, uh, because if you love someone, you love someone, and it's fine. But, like, you... When you're like that, you're like, I'm no fun to be around. No, why would anyone want to be around me right now? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you see people, and you want, you just want so bad to help them have a great day and like be a part of that great yeah, day, yeah. but you can't do it. Yeah, yeah, right. And in fact, you, you think you're go, being a detriment. And if you go far enough down that rabbit hole, you can be like, well, I'm making their life worse, and it's mm-hmm. just not true. It's just not oh, true. Oh no, yeah, I'm just going through something, and everybody are, goes through shit. Those are quite literally how I felt. Yeah, is that I'm. I'm I, I'm bad at keeping relationships. I'm bad at keeping in in touch with people. Being a friend, being right. a, being a brother, being a you know a lover, whatever. Like all these things, I'm just like wow. I'm f- being a, being a mother, being a brother. <laughs> and it's funny. Like, those, I, I've had all those, all those thoughts too. And like, yeah. uh, and you feel like you're failing. You, know? you feel like you're you're letting people down totally. But you're just. It's funny. Like to be a little removed from that those feelings at the current moment. Of course, that's not the case. Everybody deals with... Also, yeah. No, no, go on. Everybody deals with really tough things, and everyone knows that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and the thing is that life is just life, and maybe sometimes someone you love will be like, hey, what the fuck? But, you know, they're probably going through some shit, too. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, hopefully it's someone who's as chill as to just be that, you know? But yeah, exactly. It's like, you you know, everyone's kind of dealing with their own their own existence not me <laughs> i've never thought about my life not once dude man that was fun that was a fun episode dude yeah i really enjoyed that man uh that guy is uh is insane yeah it makes me want to read his books doesn't I, it well yeah absolutely but also like i can't help but notice like the whole like he's an author and killed himself with a pen right like that is just yeah I don't know sweet irony both <laughs> a pen a pen that is a knife <laughs> so I'm gonna crazy. sign my guts yeah <laughs> it's like if I killed myself with a whoopee cushion joke on a whoopee cushion ah man man thank you guys so much for listening keep yeah. uh, staying alive and staying safe yes very much yeah. guys uh, check you out uh, next episode thanks for listening yeah. stay safe bye bye thanks for listening to the show just a reminder we joke around on this show a lot because we've thought about suicide a lot so we're comfortable with it but if you are right now thinking about suicide having any suicidal thoughts at all if you're coming close can't urge you enough to talk to a professional and the national suicide prevention lifeline is always there 1-800-273-TALK call that number 24 hours a day seven days a week they will talk you through it and help you know that you are loved on this earth and you don't need to leave us thanks again for listening to the show see you next time